Welcome everyone to Rise Above Religion, an extension of Risen in Christ Church International. I am Stephen Newton, minister, founder, and man of God uh, for this vision that God has called me to and has laid upon me. And I want to thank every single person so far for their support of this podcast. I pray that every single message you have heard has been uh, enriching to your spirit. It has caused your relationship with God to grow stronger, that you are pursuing Christ and pursuing Him in the Word and studying the Word, and that the manifestation is coming by revelation of the Holy Spirit that is impacting your life, your family, your environment, and everyone else around you and everywhere else you go, so that people know Jesus is Lord and He is God, that He's the only living God. There is no other God that we're showing the evidence of what true Christianity is and what it's supposed to look like. And so I want to thank every last one of you. And uh, I have recently uploaded uh, the third installation of this message, um, the message we have been talking about, um, the supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit in you. And so tonight we're going to go into part four of that very teaching, okay? And that's talking about knowing the inner man. So we're going to see now the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the evidence that I've been talking about that we should see as those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So before we get into that teaching, I'm going to pray us in. And also um, on all these teachings, there will be a poll and there will be a question concerning that particular teaching. I want your feedback. I want you to let me know uh, what questions you have or anything you have. You can uh, do it according to what's on Anchor or Spotify, or you can take from Anchor the email that is linked to the ministry and you can email me those questions. I will read them. I will look over them and I will respond. Letter of the Holy Spirit and sound biblically, biblically sound or what the Bible says in response to your question. All right. So uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and pray us in. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, the privilege to minister to these, your precious children. And I declare, Father God, in Jesus' name, that, Lord, as a minister of the new covenant, a minister of the spirit, a minister of reconciliation, a minister, Father, of righteousness, that, Father God, first, you minister to me. That, Father God, as I'm a minister to them, Lord, I am speaking that which I live. And so I thank you in Jesus' name, Father God, that, Lord, the Holy Spirit has full access here. That we take authority over the devil. The devil is defeated under my under our feet. Can't stop, block, or hinder us from receiving what you have to say. So I thank you, Lord, now by the Holy Spirit. You will think through this mind, speak through these lips, and bring forth your word. That Father God is going to cause renewing of the mind. It's going to cause change, Lord, in each and every single individual. And I thank you, Father God, for the word, for the power of God, and for who gets ministered today, Father? Thank you, Lord, for this now. Thank you for your presence as always. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right. Let me start the clock here. All right. Now, you might hear some background noise. Uh, I'm coming to you from Oceanside, California. And, of course, you know, we are on the eve of Independence Day. So, um, it's a little warm down here. So, even at night, it's kind of warm. So, we have windows open. So you may hear 
the outside noise of fireworks because they're having some kind of fireworks extravaganza down by uh, down by the beach and ocean side and of course the neighborhood people are already gearing up for this uh, holiday that we will celebrate tomorrow so with that being said let's get into tonight's teaching the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in you part four amen knowing the inner man okay we talk about the inner man what does that mean now first of all let's let, let, let's, let's let's be reminded and be clear that we just like the Trinity are three we have we are spirit first we live in a body and we have a soul the soul the soul governs our mind will emotions our attitude amen so in this portion of this we're going to understand the inner man the most important part of the three parts of us okay that one part that helps govern the other two parts of us okay and what that does who what the holy spirit does as the inner man because let's understand something when we got saved we got a regenerated spirit right we got a brand new spirit a brand new inner man a brand new inner us was created according to what christ jesus did on the cross so that's where we get second corinthians 5 17 anyone who is in christ is a new creation old things have passed away behold all things become new so you as a new creation you as new covenant new creation believers have a new regenerated spirit in you all right that probably isn't shocking or surprising if you are in a bible enriched environment that is teaching this kind of kind of word to you um, but next the holy spirit comes into you okay you receive the holy spirit and you receive the holy spirit at the point of salvation you don't receive the holy spirit when someone prays over you uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, biblically, if you don't believe me, go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and you will see that when those people got hit at Pentecost with that rushing mighty wind, the wind of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God that entered into every single person, not only were they filled with the Holy Spirit, but they were also given the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And they were speaking the tongues of Jewish people. And the reason why that is said is because when you read verse 5, verse 5 is a reaction to them hearing these people who were Gentiles speaking the native tongue that they have become accustomed to, the language that God gave to them to speak to one another culturally. Okay? Now we have it as a spiritual language to be able to communicate with God, spirit to spirit and draw down the revelation of who he is and of what he desires us to do on his behalf amen so this is just a basic uh kind of walking through and kind of a reminder where we're going with this so when we come to knowing the inner man the inner man is now the spirit of god in you that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, is the Spirit of God in you. He is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the reason why is because we know Jesus physically is glorified in his new body, seated at the right hand of the Father. So Jesus is not in me or you, okay? Jesus saved us, that he did, and that was through our belief 
that God raised him from the dead according to Romans 10 and 10, 9 and 10 and our confession that he is Lord and say he is Lord. That is what got us saved. Amen. But now as saved, sanctified, new covenant, new creation believers, we have to now walk in this newness of life. And the only person who can help us walk in newness of life is the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to see now the supernatural things that the Holy Spirit does through us that helps us not only live a victorious life as a believer, but more importantly, reveal to the world, reveal to those who don't believe, and even to other fellow brothers and sisters, what true Christianity looks like. That we should be seeing signs, wonders, miracles, and so on and so forth flowing out of us. Not for ag aggrandizement, not just for uh, praise of any kind, but to glorify God and to draw men to Jesus. To get them to see and make the choice that they need to make of making him Lord and Savior and acknowledging that he is the only living God despite the other religious factions that exist in our society today. You know, we have other religions that are competing for souls right along with, with Christianity. So even though we serve the only true and living God, we have, other, we have people who believe in other gods based on maybe their cultural upbringing or whatever the case may be, who are competing with souls and it's incumbent upon us. We have the advantage. What has been killing the church, what has been killing our, our witness is the fact that these other factions believe in what in, in their God and they're disciplined to live according to the beliefs of that God. That's the difference. See, and it may seem weird to us when we see these people, you know, for example, you know, when you see Hindus or Hare Krishnas, you know, up and down the block in in, in your particular city, you know, wearing their 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 garb and so on and so forth. And but you see them, you know, representing what they believe. Okay, and representing it in a way that, you know, distinguishes them from the rest of the world. Well, that's supposed to be the Christian. The Christian is supposed to be living that way every day of their lives. Every day of their lives. There's no if, ands, buts, maybes, or exceptions. Now, no, we won't live it perfectly. Yes, we're going to fall short. But by the grace of God and by the understanding that we have been reconciled back to God and that our sins are no longer remembered, we don't have to worry about that condemnation and guilt no more. When we fall, all we have to do is confess it and move on. Because God moves on. God has already moved on. Put it this way. Let me give you this revelation. When you sin or when you fall short, okay, even though God sees it, God first of all already know you were going to do it. Amen. He already knew what you were going to do before you did it. Because the bottom line is in order to do something, you have to choose to do something. You don't just do something. You know, nothing just happens. Okay? So he already knows. It's no surprise to him what any one of us will do. Amen? But the other part of it is this. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating. Okay? When, 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 when something comes in. So think of it this way. Think of it as, you know how when you get a ticket by law enforcement, they document it and then they submit it to the court, so the court has record of it? Okay, what happens is, in God's database, when 
a sin that you commit comes comes through or transmits through, what happens is, is the computer that God would have that would receive that information says does not compute on your behalf. Because in there, so basically what happens is you your file was closed. Jesus closed your file. Jesus canceled all of your debt. So no more debt can be imputed to you for any sins you would make. You see, that's why we have to get out of letting when we fall or when we miss it be the end all be all or be what prevents us from staying the course and continually moving forward. It just proves we have more growing to do and more learning to do. We have more word to get into and we have more to allow God to show us that the Christ that is in us is in us and can come out of us when we allow him to by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is not just only a check against sin. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us, or who gives us insight and prevents us from making those decisions. Amen. He is the one. He is the one. He's the one. By consoling us, by comforting us, by leading us into truth, by telling us what the Bible says, so on and so forth. Okay? But we have to trust Him, as I said in the last teaching, and we have to allow Him to do it. Okay? And that requires our complete dependence upon Him. Our complete dependence upon Him. Amen? So, <clears throat> knowing the inner man, today's believer is aware of the Holy Spirit because He's made mention of in the church, right? In the Bible, of course, and by those who we know that mention Him, i.e., your minister, maybe a relative who, you know, you've seen that was very serious about their Christian walk, you know, as you grew up in life, maybe a grandmother, maybe a mom, a dad, you know, um, or, or that patriarch that you know, you know, the person that you saw truly standing on faith, standing in their faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done, standing and, and never compromising. Maybe and, and and they made made you aware that what they're governed by and what guides them is the power of God that man is manifested by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, however, in that knowledge, what good does it do to know of Him, but do not know how He works in us? Yes, children, He works in us when we let Him. See, we have to let him in order for him to work, okay? And so, first thing is, we have to see what the scripture says about the Holy Spirit, which I covered in sessions 1, 2, and 3. You know, I pretty much gave you the lay of the land, especially in the book of John. You go to John chapters uh, 14, 15, and 16, you will see how Jesus clearly articulates who the Holy Spirit is, where he comes from, what he's going to do through us, and what the purpose of him is. You'll see it. Amen. And so when we understand this, then we can let him have his way. Because as I said in the first session, the Holy Spirit is the most underused, underused, underused partner of the Trinity. He's the most underused. And the crazy part is, is Jesus left so we could have him. See, which told you that Jesus, who was the formed man, Jesus was the formed man. Yes, he's the Messiah. Yes, he's Lord and Savior. But he was human as Jesus. 
as Christ, he was the deity. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Jesus was letting us know that the Holy Spirit was far more important than natural man. Because the Holy Spirit was what God gave Adam in Genesis that he forfeited when he decided, him and Eve decided to come together and believe the lie of the devil and disobey what God's original instruction was, okay? And so that caused our separation, okay? Jesus gave us, reconciled us back to God. Jesus gave us our legal right to now have God back in us, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in us, amen? So we are empowered to now walk in the fullness of Christ, okay, and exude the character, nature, and authority of Jesus in all that we do. Praise God. So, in order for us to do it, though, we have to still understand the Holy Spirit in totality. And when He's in us, what is going to come out of us? Amen. What is He going to do that is different? than before we were ever saved and before we, we ever got filled with him, okay? And I want to reiterate this again. The Lord will not let me walk away from this. Do not allow anybody in a pulpit or a pew make you believe that you are not filled with the Holy Spirit at the point of salvation. Amen? Because let's understand something. The Bible says it and says it in several places in the New Testament. Okay, the Bible confirms that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're partners. You know, of course, with the Father, but mainly for the believer, the Holy Spirit was sent in the authority of Jesus to now fulfill the will of God in us. Amen. So that's why it is imperative for you to understand that your salvation, when you get saved, glory to God, when you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, okay, and, and, and you know what, we're going to put our eyes on it, uh, I'm going to come back to this, but let's go to um, Acts chapter 2, I want you to see it, so that way, you know, no one will say, I'm, I'm, I'm committing any form of heresy, because this is something that you don't hear and you know I don't know why you don't hear it you should hear it because any you know a person who calls himself a preacher or a minister of the gospel should be telling you this and you should know this so uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38 this is Peter this is the Apostle Peter and remember the Apostle Peter after Pentecost went to work preaching the gospel and really bringing revelation to the Jews about what they did to Jesus okay and uh, then he gets to how you now accept and walk in this benefit in the, of, of now salvation redemption and the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the promise see all of us sit here and think salvation is the promise okay the Holy Spirit is the promise I'm going to show it to you right now. Okay. Whew. And it's, it's, it's salvation and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So salvation comes 
then you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? And the Holy Spirit is the seal. He is the seal of the promise, and that's biblical. Okay, I'll show you that too. These are two scriptures that are not in these notes here, but I'm going to show you so you can understand when we get to talking about the inner man, what it actually looks like and what you should be seeing every single day. What you should be putting your faith in and on. And it's not your works or your performance. It is now. Jesus did all the work and then turned around and gave you the very person who helped him do the work. So now you're dealing with the Holy Spirit post-resurrection. Jesus had him pre-resurrection and was still doing the things of the law and then manifesting the power of God at the same time. We now are on the post side of it, which basically is we are spirit-filled and, and having a finished product. Jesus is dealing with everything, not just in the now, but in the future. We're not dealing with the future now. We're dealing with the now because the past has already put us in the now. The past meaning Jesus has done everything he's going to do. And God accepted that sacrifice. And then we received the Holy Spirit who was the check and the confirmation. Okay? And so we should be seeing the immediate manifestation of the Spirit of God in us so we can minister the covenant effectively to those who are not believers. And even also help in uniting with the brethren and sistering in the faith. And what faith is that man of God in the faith of Jesus Christ and his finished works? Our faith is in his faith that completed everything on our behalf. It was his faith that took him to, to Calvary. Okay? It was his faith that took him there. Amen? Alright. So, Acts 2 and 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent. Now that word repent I've taught on before. That word repent means to change. To have a change of mind. So repent meant. And repent you can go back to, to uh, uh, when John the Baptist came. And he was preaching his baptism in water was to repentance. It was to them to change their mind. And let's, uh, let, let's, let's, let's hear this from the Holy Spirit himself. John was not just only paving the way for Jesus to come. And teach and preach what he was going to preach, which was the gospel of the kingdom. But it was also when John was talking about repentance, he was saying, change your mind concerning what God is about to do, which is abolish the law, which is to obliterate it, to remove it, to annihilate it for us never to have to uh, uh, live according to it again. We can refer to it. We can look back at it. We can see that that even in the New Testament, some of the Old Testament covenants still exist. I mean, Old Testament commandments still exist, or they're acknowledged. It's not because uh, these men of God said, "Well, you know, we just want to still stay stuck on the law." No, 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 no. What they were doing is using it to as a reminder for us to look back at what God deemed and what God saw. And then on top of that, even give us the full revelation that that couldn't deliver us no way. Okay. But even still, to this day, there are some of the commandments that God in the Holy Spirit wants us to acknowledge and to practice because it is, how do I say this? It is, it's not something that 
we got to sit here and emulate and it's just something for us to understand you understand that's what it's for so when you've heard Paul talk about honor your mother and father still he's basically letting you know that in Christ because Christ said it himself Christ said it to the rich young, rich young ruler you know, do all the commandments under your mother and father. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, all of, you know. When he asked him, how how can I follow you? Um, and Jesus told him that, and that was again pre-resurrection. Now we're post-resurrection, and men of God had brought up the commandments or some of the commandments, not to sit here and say this is what you observe to do, but you learn from it, and now in grace. This is what this actually means. What that was over there and what it was taking us to is where we are now in Christ. We've come to a conclusion and the conclusion is this. Okay. All right. So repent. And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized. That word baptized is the Greek word baptizo, which means to be enveloped immersed into submerged into amen so we are submerged baptized in the name this word name this word name this word name okay is the greek word uh uh what was the greek word uh anyway the greek word means nature character likeness it's the word enoma that's the west that's the word enoma name enoma which basically means uh, nature, character, and authority. Okay, so we are to be baptized. So after we change our minds concerning now, and and understand, at this point, this repentance is not the same repentance that John came preaching. John's repentance was a baptism in repentance. A changing of the mind concerning God and what he's going to do. The work is done here. So our repentance now is our changing of the mind concerning who God is. And it is Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're at a place now where we're to be baptized, immersed in the name, the character, the nature, the authority of Jesus Christ because according to Philippians 2 verse 8 Jesus has been exalted and been given name above every name okay at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow things above the earth in the earth under the earth every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to the glory of God the Father also we see that this was that that was prophet of uh, um, uh, prophetically announced Back over in Isaiah 52 verse uh, 13 to 15 where it talks about uh, Jesus or the Messiah or the Savior the, that he would be very highly exalted. So that's just a confirmation in Philippians of what happened and now when we talk about being baptized or immersed into Jesus Christ into the name the name of Jesus Christ okay we have been immersed into it into a place where there's something else that takes place with this so as we have been immersed into the name of Jesus because that name is the name God and everything in heaven and earth recognize we're baptized and immersed in it for the remission of sins 
remission of sins means forgotten about, gone, never to be remembered again. If you go to the book of Hebrews, the 8th chapter, the 12th verse, that will show you where God says from the Hebrew writer, which I believe is Paul the Apostle, that we don't have to worry about our sins. Our sins are gone. God's never going to bring them back up. So that's why I said what I said earlier about when God, when, when, when you sin or you make an error or you make a misjudgment or you do something, that because you are saved and now as you see it, the, your sins are remitted, completely gone, can't be found. The devil can't come and accuse you of nothing. There's no record of it. So God's database that logged sin back before the crucifixion, now when you who are saved comes or, or commits a sin or an error or an offense, and it tries to go into this old database, which is obsolete now because the old covenant is gone and because God is not imputing sin against us anymore. Amen? The computer says does not compute. See? God can have Windows Windows 11 up there, okay, to keep accurate records of everything, but in the end, when it comes to that part of sin, does not compute. Okay? There is an error message that it will get because it can't come. It can't. He's not allowing it. He's the, the, the door has been closed and shut by Jesus. Jesus closed that door permanently. Amen. So, but that's not the point. Okay. So I know that's good preaching, but not the point. The point is the inner man and the inner man knowing the inner man. Here we go. So, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Now, tell me in that scripture where it tells you that you will receive the Holy Spirit later. Nothing says that. It's nowhere in the Bible. Amen. As New Covenant believers, you do not sit here and get saved today and get the Holy Spirit tomorrow. It doesn't happen. When you get saved, you, get, you receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you receive the power of God. You go back to Acts chapter 1 Jesus said that in verse verse 8 He said when the Holy Spirit has come upon you You shall receive power To be witnesses So the Holy Spirit helps us Be witnesses Glory be to God See so that's why Jesus Told his men It is to your advantage that I leave That he may so that he may come See It is to your advantage See, so it was. it's better for us that Jesus went on to glory so we now have the same power in us since God desires for us to be in partnership and relationship and be his, his models and his mannequins and be the ones who, who reveal him to the world since he desires that. And the only way that's going to happen is by his power which comes from his spirit. Why else? Why? What? You know, because if that's the case, Jesus didn't have to leave. You know, Jesus could have stayed here, and we could have all sent some kumbaya, and 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 that's it. But no, because it's never about the flesh. It's always about the spirit, and it's always about God. It's never about us. See, Jesus made us understand that. That's why 
when you read Philippians 2 all the way through. Well, our manuscript starts at verse 5. As you go down to verse 8, you'll see Paul reveal the mind of God. And he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you that was in the anointed Messiah. In the anointed Messiah. The anointed Messiah. So this man who had all of this prestige and privilege coming from heaven to here. And had this power in him. And could have he could have used it any way he desired. To get all kinds of adulation and all that. And people would have. And it came anyway. He didn't let that be what the focal point was. He didn't take no glory from God. That's why the Bible says in that very scripture, he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. See, he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. Remember, he was God in heaven, right? Now he's God in man. He is incarnate. So, he went from being God to now being equal to God. That's why it says he didn't think it was robbery. Because from him going from heaven to earth, glory be to God. This is revelation. Him going from heaven to earth, he gave up what he was there to come here. And then still had to have the very spirit of God placed in him in order to function the way God wanted him to to not only manifest the power the supernatural power of God and to reveal the workings and the miracles and the goodness of God but even the grace of God but even more to get to the cross and then to go down and then to come up and then to ascend and then now sit all of that the spirit of God had to be a part of the Spirit of God had to manifest that. And that's the same power in us. That's the same inner man that is in us that was in him. Glory be to God. Did you catch that revelation though about the robbery part? Wow. I, I tell you, uh, uh, my years as, a, as a, a Bible reader, I've read that over and over and over and over and over again. And I've, I've sat there like, okay, didn't the thing of robbery people got? What and boom, Holy Spirit revelation. Jesus was basically saying I was there I was up there I was God I was there and when I came here I left all that behind I left that alone I left it to come here and then had to now be endowed with that Holy Spirit with the spirit of my father I had to be had, had to be given to me now so I can show and prove what was what, what, what was going to be the future for his creation once they believe on me you understand so that's un I mean just wow wow he didn't think it was robbery he didn't think he lost something in order and being equal to God see he didn't think he didn't think he was he was robbed or God robbed him to have him come do what he did. God didn't think he was robbing himself, if you will, to only be now equal to himself. Instead, he understood why this had to be the way it was. It was for our benefit. So, let me read this in its fullness and we can move forward. 
Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So understand, you don't just arbitrarily get it. You have to be called. Well, how do I know I'm called, man of God? Because you're listening now. Because you're hearing now. Your calling is when you decided or you were put in a position to make the choice of Jesus becoming your Lord and Savior. So either you chose him or you rejected him. Like Israel. Amen? Okay. So let me finish the opening statement here. I can, I can now get started. You know, I really didn't have, I really just have been playing around. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, um, we are supposed to know not only what he's here to do, just because Jesus said so, but to see evidence of his working in us. Now, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. What does that look like, man of God? What's that look like, Minister Stephen? Okay, well, it should produce exactly what Jesus said it would, where it causes not just change in us, but in our environment, in other people, and draw them to Jesus. How can we achieve this? By understanding all of the things the Holy Spirit does in and through us. Now we go forward. So, first thing, the Holy Spirit anoints. Now we've seen this in Luke chapter four and eighteen. Okay, let's we can go there. Let's put our put our, our eyes on that. Take a look at that. Luke four. Okay, and I'm going to read starting at verse. Now I'm going to read starting at verse sixteen. Okay. This is Jesus in the synagogue in Nazareth where he grew up on the Sabbath doing what the tradition is. And that is scripture reading. Okay, So Jesus comes at the appropriate time, on time, led by the Holy Spirit and this is what occurs. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and, and, his, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So Jesus had looked for the place and he found it. He found where it was. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, right there. I can keep on going because, you know, but I'm going to read this. The rest of this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So listen. Now in the original text before this was translated, punctuation was not a part of it. Which tells me this is what Jesus actually said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. There was no break in that sentence. There was one full sentence. When you read it that way, now you see what Jesus was saying. Because Jesus understood what the prophet Isaiah was saying about him and he was now sharing this with Nazareth so they could receive him so he so he so he hoped but of course we know they rejected him and he moved on but 
the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So the check of the spirit of the Lord being upon you is that he has anointed you. Okay, that that word anointed. I want to look up that word anointed and I'm going to share that word with you and share you what that means. Okay, so don't go nowhere. Stay right there. Uh, I use an app called Blue Letter Bible. I have it on my on my smartphone. I also have it. I use the website as well. Um, you can't really see it much because of the the yeah. But anyway, Blue Letter Bible. Uh, you can get it on your App Store or Play Store, um, and also you can uh, look it up on uh, your search engine if it's Chrome or Microsoft uh, Edge, whatever it is. Just go BlueLetterTheBible.org, okay? And what it is, is it is a online concordance that gives you the scriptures um, in all texts and in all, all the books. And it breaks down for you what the Hebrew is in the Old Testament and the Greek is in the New. Of a word you might particularly want to understand and get more in-depth study on to get the full revelation of what the truth is about that topic. So in this case, talking about the Holy Spirit, let me go over here to Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to get to verse number 18, and I'm going to go into interlinear, and then I'm going to go hit reverse, and now the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Now that now that statement, he hath anointed, is the, word, is the Greek word creo, creo, okay? Not Creole like you know in New Orleans, Creole, okay? Um, and basically what that means is enduing Christians with the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, to anoint, consecrating Jesus to the Messianic office and furnishing him with necessary powers, with necessary powers for his administration. But for the believer, it is enduing Christians with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And now that's not relegated just to the gifts that are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because those are manifestations. People call them gifts. Paul called them gifts. But they really are. The, 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 in that same text he, he uses the word manifestation of the Spirit. He uses that term. And that's basically him telling you that the Holy Spirit is the one who's manifesting these things in and through us. Amen. So, but these gifts are not just only that, you know, the fruit of the spirit, those are gifts. Fruit of the spirit are gifts because you didn't have fruit prior to coming into, into Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So now you have fruit of the spirit, which I talked about in session three. All right. So, um, and then there are other gifts, you know, there are other gifts, you know, for example, gifts of the Holy Spirit are the fivefold ministry gifts. Those are gifts. Amen. Those are offices, but they're gifts, as the Bible says so in Ephesians four. Said, and you know, and he gave gifts to men, and he gave some to be, you know. And this is, of course, after Jesus's descension and his ascension. These gifts came upon men. All right. So you have those gifts. You know. You, you know. Uh, these signs shall follow them that believe. Those are gifts. These signs shall follow. These signs. Signs are things that point to. They point to something. Okay, so these are gifts. We couldn't we couldn't cast out demons prior to receiving the Holy Spirit. We couldn't take up serpents, you understand, or take up the spirit of the serpent. Okay, which is what the devil is called. 
We couldn't take him up. We couldn't take him up. Amen. We couldn't break strongholds. We couldn't do anything for ourselves. So the Holy Spirit, Christ in us, that we have received through access in Jesus Christ from the Father, has now endowed us and given us this ability to have these gifts and to operate and function in Christ just as Jesus did when he walked the earth. Amen. So, I just wanted you to see that word. So, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, that word spirit is the word pneuma. Pneuma. So, we talk about the Holy Spirit. Holy being hagios in the Greek. Holy was a separate, set apart, consecrated. And then pneuma. Pneuma is breath. Spirit is breath. And that comes from Genesis chapter 1. Or chapter 2, excuse me. When, uh, verse 17, when... God created Adam and he breathed into him the bread, the breath of life. He breathed into him the breath of life. Okay? So that's how we understand what who the Holy Spirit is. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's not a thing, he's a person. We said this in session one. Amen. So let's continue on. So the Holy Spirit anoints. Okay? He anoints and endows us, okay? And so now I did, no, I didn't realize, I forgot, my, my nose had the word there. <laughs> I'm sorry, the word's right there, Creo. Oh, there it is. Um, so uh, now here's another one that says to smear or rub with oil. You know, and I mean, of course, we know that uh, oil is a sign in Christendom uh, linked to the anointing. Okay. Um, and it's not to say that that does not work. It does. Amen. But Jesus is the oil. Okay, Jesus is the oil. Okay, Jesus is the oil. Jesus is the one that we, how, how we get the oil. Jesus is the one that we get the spirit, where the spirit comes in us, and boom, now we're walking in the fullness of the anointing. Okay, so the anointing is the, or like, like Christos, Christ in us, Christ, the word, Christos, anointed one and his anointing. Amen. So, as we saw, anoint. Okay, consecrate to an office. Um, but I like what what Blue Letter Bible said about anoint. I like that better. Um, enduing Christians with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so that's to tell you that there are a wide range of gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. Okay, He's holy, so we get those benefits from Him. Amen. All right. He leads, okay, he leads us. Uh, let's look at a couple of famous scriptures about him leading us. We'll look at uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 1. Uh, yeah, Matthew chapter 4. All right, Matthew 4 and verse number 1. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil okay so jesus was led okay so the holy spirit leads us he leads us every day of our lives if we trust him and allow him to do it the bible says in galatians chapter 5 i believe it's verse 17 or 18 where it says if you be led of the spirit you are the you are the sons of god Okay, or are you not under the law? Is under the law or son of God? Let me see. Uh, Galatians 
chapter 5. Okay, here we go. Alright. Yes, so uh, it says you're not under the law. So, under the law, we know what the law is. We know what the law was. Um, so, bottom line is we're not when you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Under the letter. You're not under works or performance. You are now under the Spirit. Now, the Spirit has control. The Spirit is the one manifesting the grace of God and all of the promises and all of the manifestations of the supernatural through you. Amen. So that's what we have to understand. And the Bible does say, if you are led of the Spirit, you are a son of God. So, uh, and and so that is, uh, it's not in this text, but it is, it is in the Bible. I just can't think. I'm drawing a blank where where it is. So, but it is there. All right. Uh, so leads is the word ago. Okay, ago. Ago means so basically it means. He carries you. He drives you. Okay. Uh, he brings you. He keeps you. Okay. That's what it means. Okay. Um, so you have to understand that every day of our lives, we're to be dependent upon God. God in us. The Holy Spirit is who Jesus made sure we had when he left us. But he said he wouldn't leave us orphans. So that meant that he had someone else who was now going to be a roommate with us, who was now going to partner with us and be the one who carries us to glory and carries us to manifesting the glory of God in our lives. Amen? Okay. The Holy Spirit speaks in us, to us, and through us. All right? We're going to see this in the scripture right now. All right? Let's go to... Matthew 10 and 20, we'll start there. Let's go to Matthew 10 and 20. A lot of this stuff is New Testament, so we're not going to be bouncing around that much. Okay. All right. Here we go. Matthew 10 and verse number 20. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. This is Jesus in this 10th chapter sending his disciples out okay he's sending them out he's giving them instruction giving them stuff to do and he's sending them out so as they go out he's giving them instruction on what to do so he's saying when he go before dignitaries don't plan what you need to say instead the holy spirit is because it's not you speaking it's the spirit of the father who speaks in you and the reason why he had to make that understood is because he wanted them to realize that there was a supernatural ability that was going to bring forth out of their mouth what God wanted to be said. Because what God would say through us and in, in, in us and through us, okay, is going to be the end all be all. Because he's the authority. He's the authority of heaven and earth. Amen. So the bottom line is, is that since he's the authority of heaven and earth, based on the fact that he created everything by his word, that means that you want him speaking for you or speaking through you concerning whatever it is. So that way, okay, it, it, it solidifies everything. Now, I'll say this. Now, don't be don't don't deceive yourself to think that um, when you say something the response that will come back to you will be a favorable one, will be this, will be that. Because we saw Jesus speak with the same authority and have opposition. 
So just understand, let God speak because his words are going to do what it's supposed to. It's going to confound the wise. It's going to make foolishness the wisdom of man. Amen. And even if they don't acquiesce to his word or even they don't uh, acknowledge it, okay, to back down or to move out of the way and not be a hindrance to whatever it is God wants done through you, so be it. But you've established with whoever it is who you represent and who is speaking through you. Amen. It's irrefutable. They can say whatever they want, but before you and God, you allowed him to represent himself through you. And he represents the interests of heaven here on earth. Glory be to God. So in us, we represent his interests, Christ's interests. We represent the kingdom in and through what we do and say every day. You see? So, okay. So into and through. All right. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He speaks in us, to us, and through us. All right. He speaks in us because we can hear him inside. We can, the inner man speaks to us. We can hear him. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Amen. Okay. So we understand that the spirit speaks and he speaks in us. Okay. And he speaks to us. He tells us, the Bible says in John, <coughs> that the Holy Spirit would teach us all things. He would bring to remembrance all things that Jesus has already said. Amen. So he speaks to us. Okay. He speaks in us and to us and through us. And he speaks through us and and get and, and speaks he speaks through us to those who don't know him. And the main thing that he speaks in us, to us, and through us is God's word. Amen. He speaks God's word to us. And when he's revealing something to us, it's always based on scripture. Okay, because he's the author of scripture. So he isn't going to sell us or share us, share with us anything that's going to be foreign. Okay, that's foreign from the kingdom, foreign from God, foreign from. Because remember, the Bible said, Jesus said he doesn't speak of his own authority. What he hears, he speaks. He's hearing from Jesus. Jesus is the authority. So that's why. Him in us is the Christ in us is the hope of glory. So the Holy Spirit now speaks to us on the wise of Jesus. He speaks to us from the position of Christ. He tells us what Jesus said in the word and what, 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 what was said in the word. And that's not just only in the New Testament, folks. That's in the old as well. Because remember, Jesus is the word. John 1 and 1 In the beginning was the word The word was with God And the word was God And in verse 14 The word became flesh Dwelt among us And we, we, we beheld uh, The only begotten Full of grace and truth Amen So We understand The word was at the beginning The word transcended Through the Old Testament Into the new Okay So the word is the same Period So that's why this is how effective the Holy Spirit can be when you let him. Okay. Alright. So, when we talk about speaking, it's the word laleo. Okay, laleo. Okay. Alright. To talk, to utter, preach, say. Alright. Speak. So, he speaks to us. He talks to us. 
He utters things to us. And he utters not just, he, he, he shows us, when we go in the word and do study, okay, the Holy Spirit's going to continually give us revelation about what we're studying. And he gives us revelation. Amen. He gives us the mind of God. That's the revelation. The rhema, that rhema, Greek word, rhema for word. And that is the spoken word. Okay. So the logos is the written word, the word that we see here. We get rhema, we get revelation of that spoken word that was written down. We get a deeper understanding of the mind of God. And that's how you can understand the Holy Spirit in us is still revealing stuff to us. The Bible is a closed canon. It doesn't mean we're going to hear something that has to be added to this. There's nothing that has to be added to it. What we're now getting is we're now getting to the place where the Holy Spirit is now bringing these mysteries forward to us in the Word. We're now seeing now the revelation of what is written in the scripture see we're not just seeing it based on it being read line by line right and reading it like we're reading a storybook now we're seeing the keys to life the keys to life in Christ we're seeing the keys to the kingdom which Jesus said he said and he said to Peter and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose are loose in heaven. But the keys of the kingdom is the word, because if you don't know the word, the word is the word is, is the kingdom, because the word is the the kingdom is is God's rule, His realm, and His royalty. It's that's in here. You'll see His rule, how He rules, His realm, where He does it, heaven and earth. Heaven, he's, heaven's already ruled because what's up there is already established. Now what's being ruled down here comes through us. Amen. And then his royalty. Okay. How glorious he is. How much, how, how admonished he is. And so on and so forth. And we partner in that because, because of what is on us and who is in us. That adulation will come to us, but it's not for us to bask in, it's for us to point. It's for us to point people up. Okay? So let's understand. I'm gonna get, get this understood. When we talk about uh, uh uh the Holy Spirit, okay, and is working in us, this that this is critical. It is important and imperative for us to understand that when he speaks, where he speaks from. Okay, and the revelation that he gives us that we draw out when we truly dig in the scripture and dig in there and really let him in our meditation time tell us and give us his mind. When you get his mind, you got everything. I'm going to say it again. When you get his mind about a situation or about and, and understand getting his mind is the way he sees it, period. Not currently, and it's going to change. No, this is the way it is. This is this is the way. This is the way he wanted to be seen from the very beginning, and we have now gotten back to the place where now we can see it, and we can have it, because we have it already. 
But if you don't know this, if you don't know you already have it, you'll be looking for it. Amen? Okay. Let's move on. He gives power to cast out devils. Okay. And the scriptures that we know, you know, Matthew 12 and 28, of course, a favorite. Um, let's go to this one. Uh, I like this one. Uh, we'll go to actually two of them. Let's start in Luke first. Actually, let's start in Mark. Let's start in Mark and go to, and go to Luke. So start in Mark. Oops. Matthew. Okay. Now it's going to give me the books. There we go. Let's go to Mark. Chapter number 16. Okay. And I'm going to read. I'm going to go a little bit over, folks. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> My clock is still running. So, let me see how much time I got left before I should. Oh, okay. I'm not even done with this. Well, I'm almost done with this list. I'm going to get us through this list and then we'll move on to the next teaching. Amen. Okay. So, <clears throat> verse number 15. And he said, actually, let's back up. Verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven and said, oh, I'm sorry. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their heart of unbelief and hardness of heart. I could teach you something about the hardness of heart and a, and hardened heart and hardness of heart. There is a difference, but I don't have time for it. Uh, he rebuked their unbelief and hardness and also why. <laughs> hardness of heart and unbelief. You'll see the difference because of, of how what else is linked with one or the other. Amen? Okay. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes. See, belief is what we stand on in the new covenant. The new covenant calls for belief. Okay? In the old covenant, yes, belief was was a, a prerequisite or was required, but also was the exercising of the person who believes faith for the manifestation of what God promised to be brought to be drawn down. We don't have that problem. Our faith does nothing for us. Our faith is in Jesus Christ and what He did. Our faith is in His faith. The faith it took to accomplish what he did on Calvary. Amen. So we are in the place of having a finished product worked out for us on the inside of us when we have this inner man called the Holy Spirit. Okay. So he who believes and is baptized. There's that word again. Baptizo. Shall be saved. So he who believes and is immersed. So your belief and immersion into the name of Jesus Christ saves you. That's what Romans 10, 10, 9 and 10 says. Okay. But he who does not believe will be condemned. See, that's why the Bible says in Romans 8 and 1, there is now therefore no condemnation to those all not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, Jesus is speaking a spiritual truth here. So he's telling you that if you don't believe on him, you are going to have condemnation. 
you are going to be condemned or be ashamed because of the fact that you recognize something isn't right between you and God. There is something wrong there. Okay, so that's why it is important for us to realize that it's not our faith doing anything. It's our, it's our conviction in the fact that Jesus finished the work for us. And all we have to do is believe in what he has done and say what God says concerning us now to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Glory be to God. Okay, but yet the point is in verse 17. And these signs shall follow those who believe. So, number one, he gave them, go preach to all creatures, every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes, so basically the person who you preach to, he who believes and is baptized in Christ Jesus will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And then, these signs will follow that belief. These signs, these objects or these, these evidences that point to Jesus will follow them that believe because the signs are the evidence of the belief in the finished works of Jesus Christ because it is his finished works okay that got us salvation and got us filled with the Holy Spirit glory to God got us filled with the Holy Spirit to where we can now see these signs and they can too these signs will manifest in us this is a part of ministry of the new covenant of being ministers and ministering the new covenant glory to his name and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons ah cast out demons okay that word there uh, the word is the word ekbalo ekbalo in the Greek okay and it literally means to eject we have been empowered to eject demons out of other people Amen. And out of situations, circumstances, out of realms, out of we have been given that kind of power. Okay? But if you don't know, and see Okay. Remember in Math in Mark chapter nine, I believe it's Mark chapter nine, where the father brought the boy to, to Jesus' disciples, they couldn't cast the demon out. And Jesus asked all the questions he asked, got to the bottom of it and he did it. Okay, and remember he called them all faithless and perverse generation. See, the f he called them faithless and perverse. The perversion was because they didn't believe. It wasn't because of their sin. It wasn't because sin was on them. Because that didn't matter. What mattered was all they had to do was believe. They believed, the manifestation would come. If they believed, it would have happened. But they didn't believe. And then Jesus said, you know, they asked, well, how come we couldn't cast the boy out? And he said, well, this comes but by prayer and fasting. And we thought that, and we've heard it in Christendom, we've heard it from the pulpit, that that scripture was pointing to the fact that they needed to get more faith, more anointing. No, they did not. Every last one of us has, according to Romans 12, 3, the measure of faith that we need to manifest all of the supernatural power of God. Notice I said, we have the measure of faith that will produce 
the manifestation of the of the of the fullness of the power of God in us because we have the fullness of the power of God in us oh my god if you didn't shout after that i don't know what to tell you if you this is okay all right okay 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 hold 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 that oh i'm trying to finish i'm sorry go to acts chapter number 3 acts number 3 okay this was Peter and John going to the temple, the gate called Beautiful, the temple called Beautiful, and they healed this man. They healed this man. Okay, we're going to go to uh, verse number 11. So Acts 3 and 11. Now it's a, uh, now it's a lame man who was, who was, uh, I'm sorry, I went too far, forgive me go to, I'm sorry, uh, no, start at, I'm sorry, start at verse number one. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, lame, the man couldn't walk, he hasn't been walking since he was born, lame, okay, carried from the mother's womb, uh, whom they laid dead at the gate, called beautiful, I can go into that forever, but I won't, for the sake of time, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms, okay, and fixing his eyes on them, on him, with John, Peter said. So Peter looked at this man, and and John was with them, and he said, "Look at us." So he made the man look at them, okay. So he gave him gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And so on and so forth. I, that, that's a whole other message. We'll, we'll discuss it some other time when the Lord leads me to teach it. But right now, I did this so you can understand. Now, I know we're talking about casting out demons, okay? But I wanted you to see something. I wanted you to see, even in healing, okay? Because understand, casting out demons is a part of healing, okay? All right? Casting out demons is a part of healing, okay? So sometimes Jesus did cast out or, 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 or when he, when someone might have been dealing with something like the boy, for example, the boy who was... Uh, uh, foaming and all that kind of stuff and the disciples couldn't do it he was possessed by a demon it was causing him to have the convulsions and the things he was having so the spirit of the Lord released that boy from that spirit and the boy was healed of the infirmities that the spirit was causing him so we have the same power in us notice I didn't say we're going to have I said we have it Jesus told them pre-resurrection this kind comes but by prayer and fasting okay so he's telling them that and it wasn't the 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 cast out of the demon that came by prayer and fasting it was dealing with their unbelief so if you have unbelief see Jesus gave them a principle that was not relegated to the old covenant that was a new covenant principle if you come to a place where you are struggling with belief, 
pray and fast, that's what's going to help you deal with your unbelief. Because now you get into a place where the Spirit of God works with you and in you. The Spirit of God now gets rid of all of that unbelief so that there is no doubt in the power of God that is in you. See, we don't, we don't, we don't believe in the power of God, ladies and gentlemen, children, brethren. We don't. If we did, we would be seeing more the manifestation of the power of God in our everyday lives and everything that we do. And it wouldn't be to this elementary level of got to pay my bills, take care of my family, and go to work and blah and perform. It wouldn't be about performing. It would be about letting men see the light on us shine so they can see God, God's glorified, and then they get brought into the fold. That is what we're here to do, folks. Amidst all of the life that we live, that's our function. That's the inner man. That's knowing him and what he's here to do in and through you. Amen. Next, the Holy Spirit comes upon or falls on. Okay, for the sake of time, I'm going to move on. Scriptures that I have for that are Matthew 3.16, Mark 1 and 10, Luke 2 and 25, 3 and 22, uh, Luke 4, of course, 4 and 18, which we read already, John 1, 32 and 33, Acts 10, 44 and 11, 15, okay? So those are the scriptures that are basically talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And Jesus said this, and it's not here. Well, yeah, well you, you can see in John also in other places where Jesus said that he told his, his men that uh, uh, you will know the Spirit, um, the world won't because the world won't see him, but you'll know him because he's in you, he's with you, and he's in you. Okay, so that's so you understand. Alos uh, Pelakletos, that's what um, comforter means, okay, or another comforter, another Alos, and comforter Pelakletos, basically meaning the one alongside, okay, the one who is like us but distinct from us. Amen. Like us in spirit, but distinct from us in power and disposition. See, we need him in us to display the power of God. But spirit, we are the same. That's that, that that's the likeness. That's remember, let us make man our image according to our likeness. The likenesses of us is spirit. So that's the like. The distinction is the disposition, the ability that he can empower us and does empower us to now manifest the supernatural power of God in our lives. Amen. So the word here for it comes upon is the word ekromai, 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 if you want to say it, the ekromai is the word, okay, um, which uh, basically is saying that um, to come on. Go in um, to accompany, see, accompany, appear, bring, come, enter, all right, light, be set. See, he is set in us. He is, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, amen, according to uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter, let's see, this, uh, number six. Next. He baptizes and fills. We've seen that already. I've told you about the baptism of the 
the, the of the baptism, you know, that you, you you when you are immersed into Jesus Christ, that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he baptizes us, and even more so. Okay, uh, Hebrews chapter six verse two talks about the doctrine of baptisms, and and baptisms is basically giving us understand that there's more than water baptism. Okay, there is water baptism, baptism in the in the Jesus Christ, uh, or in the Jesus uh, baptism in the Jesus death, Jesus resurrection, baptism with the Holy Spirit, baptism with fire. Okay, the the children of Israel were baptized into Moses. See, so there's an immersion. All right, he immerses us. He, he envelops us. So I've done the illustration. Don't have time. I'll do it another time for you. Okay. All right. Uh, so we know the word baptizo again. Amen. Uh, he gives new birth. Okay, new birth. Um, we see that in John three, Nicodemus. Okay, so new birth. So bottom line is when you are saved. You get a new, you are, that's why the Bible says anyone is in Christ. It doesn't say anyone in Jesus, it says anyone in Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ is not his name. Jesus is his name according to um, Matthew chapter uh, number 2. Matthew, 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 Matthew chapter number 2, 2 or 3, where uh, the angel told Mary what she was going to name Jesus name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus is his name so they so you know he is the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Yeshua Hamashiach. He is the Messiah. Okay? And then Christ, Christos, anointed one in his anointing, the, the Spirit of God that was placed in and on Jesus by the Father that thus empowered him to now bring forth the manifestation of God's goodness, his grace, his glory, and the supernatural signs and wonders that Jesus manifested in his itinerant ministry. Amen. So, uh, new birth. Uh, right here, the word genau. Uh, genau. Okay. To procreate. Okay. Uh, to regenerate. That's what I want you to see. To regenerate. So, he has given us new birth. That's why it says anyone in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, anyone who is in Christ, new creation, old things passed away, all things have become new. Amen? Alright. Two more. He flows like a river from the spirit man. Okay? This is in John 7, 38 and 39. Jesus says, anyone who, whoever believes on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Alright? Um, so that's what he says, and that's the word uh, potamos, okay, potamos, all right, which basically means like running water, okay, uh, a brook, a current, a freshet. So if you know anything about water streams, a brook, a current, and a freshet are unstopped water sources. They are they 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 they, they continue to run despite not knowing where their source is, okay. Amen. Ooh, that's 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 powerful. So when you see a brook, a brook shouldn't be dry. A crescent shouldn't be dry. Okay. Uh, 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 a current. A current is it, it's coming. It's downstream. It's coming from wherever the source of it is. So in us, the source of this living water is the Holy Spirit, the inner man. He produces this out of us. Okay. Um, all right. So. Uh, and then finally, 
he ministers truth because he is the spirit of truth according to John chapter 16 he is the spirit of truth okay and so he ministers truth so here you have John 14 17 John 15 26 John 16 13 okay and it is the word uh, alathia alathia you know which is true truly truth verity so the bottom line folks is is that knowing the inner man gets us to a place where we see the working of the Holy Spirit the evidence so we can be witnesses of the Holy Spirit in this earth realm while we're here to produce and to and to and to cause people to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ amen so I hope this was um, a rich teaching for you I'm going to go into part five um, and that's going to be a supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in you part five the new covenant promise which is the Holy Spirit but we're going to dig deeper and we're going to see some stuff so we're going to do a recap of some things I've already shared but now really drill it down in us because if we understand that he is a promise we don't have to look nowhere else okay and when we don't see the evidence then we have to ask God what am I doing wrong what am I missing because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God in us. The perfect Spirit of God is in us. Right? So if it's if things are not manifesting, where are we missing it? Okay, is it a word thing? Is it a prayer thing? Is it a unbelief thing? What is it? What is causing us to not see the manifestation of the power of God flow through us? That we, we've been given such an immense gift All of you, all my brothers and sisters out there I want you to know that God has blessed you He's blessed every single one of us With this power He has endowed us with this power So that we can show and prove The only living God And that is Jesus Christ Amen So if you at this point in time in your walk Are not seeing the Holy Spirit functioning in the fullness that he should be and this is just only a piece of there's so much more to him that you should be seeing if you're not seeing it then you should ask why what am I missing and I promise you that God will show you God will reveal it to you because he wants you to know he's not hiding anything from us he's not sitting here you know uh, whispering to Jesus you know he's not doing all of that you know what I'm saying? He's not calling for you to be a part of some elite special group of people who he speaks to and then others he doesn't. Okay? You are a part of this group of people that he will talk to and wants to talk to. He wants to show you and tell you. Amen? So it's up to you to want to hear. It's up to you to want to know. But you got to go get it yourself. Okay? I can only do so much. I'm one man. Your pastor or whoever you sit under is one man or, or, or lady, whoever, whatever, whoever the minister is, is one person. And they're not designed just only to, 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 they're not designed to hold your hand. There's no need to hold your hand anymore. There's no need for that anymore. They are to equip you and to edify you. That's what they are. If they are in a position of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher or pastor if they are any and, and that and that gifting there bishop uh, reverend uh, elder I don't care if they are in the clergy in any function 
Okay, especially in ministering of the word, they are called to edify or to equip you for the ministry, for the work of the ministry, and to edify you. That's what they're called to do. Period. You are called according to um, Philippians 2, uh, verse number 11, 11 or 12. You are called to work out your own salvation. And working out your own salvation, you do that led of the Holy Spirit. And he will lead you in the scripture and he will lead you to the providence of God. I hope this teaching was a blessing to you. And I pray that, uh, you know, hey, let, let, let more people know they want to get some real and rich teaching this is the podcast for them they want to hear this while they're riding the train the bus driving to work whatever the case may be it's here for them all right so thank you for another uh session and i will see you next time for part number five and you have a great and blessed day blessed week a blessed holiday okay and i pray that the lord covers every single one of you all of your family, all of your, your people, and that it's a blessed time of fellowship and of love and of ministering the Spirit of God to all creation. God bless.